absolutely amazing. I'm just tongue tied, just talking about it. Yes, yes, I'm a favorite now. Welcome to the Extraordinary Beamer, where we inspire you to take action, influence you for change, and motivate you for success. Today, we're going to have an exceptional show. It's all about healthy as fuck. As an entrepreneur, tips for weight loss and increasing energy, the importance of food as fuel to scale your business. But before we get into this, let me introduce to you my two favorite co-hosts, the one and only Fred Martinez. Fred, how are you today? I'm number one, Chris. I'm number one. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. That's great. Not, I, mean, I love how you guys are always in competition. I try to balance it out, you know, going back and forth, letting who goes first. You know, I love this little competition you got. Chris, what's going on, my friend? I'm feeling depressed and sad, man. Why, why are you doing this to me? Second place, dude? Ah, oh, come on. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Chris, <laughs> you're always first place in my heart, so don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. But listen, let's not waste any more time. Who's first, who's second? I'm always number one, so you guys never have to worry about that, okay? But let's get into our guest today. We have the one and only Phoebe Jenkins with us. She is on a mission to help a thousand entrepreneurs and executives look and feel healthy as fuck so they can have a long-term impact on the world. She knows that being healthier will make you a better entrepreneur so you can improve your performance and your success. Phoebe Jenkins, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much for that amazing introduction and for having me on this show today. After the introductions, I am feeling even better than I already was. Excited to be here today. I love it. I love that we got you a little pumped up today. So that's awesome. So listen, you're on this mission to help a thousand entrepreneurs. What is this mission? Why did you decide to do it? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so it's really common. I imagine you have seen it. Business owners, entrepreneurs, right? We get really focused in our business. We're like, let's make some money. Let's make a huge impact on the world. We have something to share. We wanna grow, we wanna scale ourselves, scale our business. And while that happens, our health somehow gets put on the back burner. And before we realize it, we are way more overweight. You know, we step on the mm -hmm. scale and there's like this bucket moment. How did I get to here? Sure. Um, we're maybe snacking all the time, driving through drive-throughs, really no good eating habits, exercise here, there, nothing real consistent. And there's this kind of inner dialogue that says, well, you know, right now I'm focusing on my business. It's okay. It's okay for me to be putting my health on the back burner while I'm scaling my career. And when my career is at point, you know, X, Y, Z, then I'll focus on my health. And as a, a business owner, I've owned multiple businesses in my life. And as a health coach, I realized that that inner dialogue mm. is not correct. And it's actually hurting us more than helping us. Because if we don't have our health while we're scaling our career, we're not going to be scaling our career as well as we could. And so I, you know, as a business owner myself, I feel for other business owners who aren't able to have that balance and who actually aren't reaching their fullest potential. And so my mission is to help them have both because it's truly possible to look great, to feel great physically, mentally, and emotionally, and to be wealthy. No, I, I love it. Now, how did you get onto this journey? Like, how did you get from where you are, where you were to where you are now? 
Yeah. So I've always had a, a drive for mm -hmm. health and that started honestly, when I was very young, I grew up in a very healthy household and, um, on an organic homestead. And so there was always this focus on sourcing food locally, having good nutrition, having a focus around moving our bodies, exercising. And when I was in my young teens, I saw a lot of other children my age already overweight. I grew up in a very rural area. They were already overweight. Some of them already had diabetes, mm. had asthma. And in a sense, they seemed very sad with life already, you know, at age 11, 12, 13, 14. And that to me was very disheartening. Mm. And I had this desire to, when I'm older, I'm going to make a place that, that shows kids how they can have a great childhood because they feel good in their body, still be able to run around and play games and, you know, just feel good physically. And I don't particularly work with children, but that was really the starting point for my drive. And that led me to start teaching group fitness and to, you know, start pursuing yoga and to go to school for health coaching. And then as I became a business owner, focusing on more the exercise side of things or the body work side of things, um, made me realize how much it's the business owners and entrepreneurs that really, really suffer. So that's, that's my story in a nutshell. I have a I have a question real quick. Uh, you 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 mentioned this concept that's just I I know is alien to so many people, and that is being able to make a lot of money at the same time be healthy and happy. Like I'm gonna be honest, a lot of people have a hard time believing that's even possible. How would you tell somebody somebody like who who's like wait what like how do they usually react when you tell them this? Yeah, so you know honestly, the reaction I often get is this sense of, oh yeah, like I know, but nah, it's just too much work. Mm. And here's, here's the thing, like most of these people are already wor working at least 40 hours, some of them 60 hours, some of them 80 hours, and not, not necessarily scaling exponentially in a short amount of time. Here's the thing, if their energy is, you know, off the charts, if their energy is high, if they're feeling confident in their body, then they're gonna scale a lot faster. And so it, it's not even so much of this concept of like, well, how am I ha you know, happy when I'm working 80 hours? Well, it's more like, well, if you're working 60 hours and you have more energy and you only work for 40 hours, you're gonna get a ton more done and you're gonna have time in your after hours to actually enjoy your life, which is gonna fuel you to be more inspired in your business and probably have better ideas in your business. So it is, it is possible, but it's almost this kind of reframe. It's not this, I'm going to keep working 60, 80 hours mm -hmm. and then somehow go to the gym for two hours after that. Like that's impossible. <laughs> one thing that you brought up is energy. And that's one thing that I realized within myself with being an athlete. First thing in the morning, you end up getting your engine started. It's just like anything in life. You go ahead and make it a priority. Sometimes people wait until the end of the day to work out and they're dead ass tired. They do it in the morning, they get it done. The one thing I've learned from like watching a lot of videos, there's a Navy SEAL commander that he, he was an admiral and he always said, make your bed. That's the first task. And so that's one thing I wanted to, to, to really see because I could see it within you radiating about the, the energy. And I see probably with entrepreneurial individuals who basically don't realize that 
you start what you want to get what you want, you got to go ahead and start in the morning to help you propel you for the rest of your day. So what, what tips do you give to individuals? Fred, I absolutely love you bringing that up because creating, you know, I'm, uh, there's a term called the miracle morning. I did not create that term. There's a whole book about it. I'm not going to remember the, the name in that book currently. Um, but I, I help my clients create a miracle morning because I agree with you 100%. And as a personal note, in the mornings, yes, exercise. I also actually make my dinner in the morning. I often will have dinner cooked before 7 a.m. because to me, the workday ends. I don't want to be in the kitchen for an hour and trying to exercise. When the workday ends, I want to be walking my dog. I want to be hanging out with my friends, you know, or Zoom or whatever it is with these days in the pandemic. I want to be having a life, right? So I wake up and just like you said, there is a morning that's, okay, delegating tasks, figuring out the to-do list, exercising, doesn't need to be for hours and making a dinner. And again, that also doesn't need to be for hours. And so specific tangible tasks that I work on with my clients is starting small and having a set wake up time. A lot of people will worry about what time they're going to bed. And the bedtime is less important than having a very consistent exact wake up time every single morning that will directly impact the sleep routine but that will also give that window of opportunity in the morning to add the most important tasks in the day. Because just like you said, if it's not done in the morning, it's likely not gonna get done at all. And that's the idea of front loading, right? So whatever is most important to you needs to happen in the beginning of the day. Awesome. So a lot of time management skills right there. I know you mentioned earlier about the time management. Uh, what do you, tell individuals about time management on with entrepreneurial individuals yeah and actually I have a 12-week program and we spend the first chunk on food and movement and then we spend the whole middle chunk on time management so it is a really important thing to me because if time management isn't a, even in the scope of of one's daily life then well nothing's really going to happen in my opinion really what gets measured is going to get managed and so some of the tips that I give my clients and that I follow myself is one, like I mentioned a moment ago, in the morning, always writing. And that could be a three to five minute chunk of time where the kind of three key tasks for that day are written down and broken down into action steps. So there's a plan listed for that day. And that plan also includes, yes, work things, but also includes the balance of the health things, mm. food, movement, something for joy. Also, I have clients do a lot of brain dumping before bed or in the evening to get out any unnecessary thoughts that might hold them back from moving more consistently in the day or creating moments of hesitation, which is wasted time. And a brain dump is literally just taking a piece of paper or a blank computer screen and dumping every single thing out on that so that the next day when it rolls around, there's not that, mm, what was I remembering? Or I need to hesitate and think about this. It's just go, go, go uh, in a healthy way that the body and mind can just focus. So writing is a big one that I have people do. I also will encourage the Pomodoro technique, if you're familiar with that, which is really a, a form of time blocking. And it's a way to say, okay, this time block is for XYZ. That time block is for XYZ. When the timer goes off, then nothing else, um, then we don't continue on that one, we switch to whatever is planned next. And it wow. also structures and breaks 
even though they're short, but breaks to stand up, because I believe smoking is the new sitting, to stand up, have some water, have a snack, uh, and then get right back to work. And actually our brain functions a lot better that way, you know, working for long periods of time. There usually comes a point where we start to say, or we start to feel that our thinking is a little bit slower, or maybe not writing as fast, our calls maybe aren't as great, et cetera, et cetera. I know that when you're talking about this whole time management, I work as an engineer, and the one thing I've noticed that it's always about driven, 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 not having the ability to stand up, take a break, because how I would work, I work different than most engineers. I would go ahead and every 30 minutes, get up, go for a walk so I can get the recharge to go through my mind of like, what am I working on? So then I can go and get back to my desk, sit down and then do things. And when you were mentioning about like the sitting is the, is the, uh, the new smoking, People don't realize that when you sit for a long period of time that you got your, uh, a problem with uh, your, your psoas. You have a problem with so many muscles in your body and they have back problems. And then where do they end up? Do, where do they go? They have to go to maybe physical therapy, whereas they could have prevented this themselves to been able to be in movement. And when you're in movement, which you mentioned earlier, which is a way to get everything started. So it's a way of being constantly being in movement throughout the whole entire day so you could be more productive. So then if you have your, say you're putting in 60 hours at work, you're being productive within those times because when you talked about your, the time management and the blocking, you're giving the, you're putting all your force into that particular time and then you end up uh, uh, coming back to it and taking a break or whatever you need to do and you're always recharging. I love it. Exactly, exactly. And during those breaks, right, all the social media is turned off, all the distractions are turned off, and it is 100% focused on that break. And so it's the best, highest quality work. And I love what you brought up about, you know, the psoas in relation to sitting and how some muscles will get weak and some will get strong from that exact same duration. And something I'd love to add into that that I often see happen is um, clients who will sit for long periods, and then they get up, and then they bike or they run. And I love biking and I love running, but it's all the same kind of movement plane, if that makes sense, where, you know, biking is a very similar position to seated and running is almost a very similar position. And so these clients will then have, like you mentioned, back injury or hip flexor injuries. And they'll say, oh, darn, now I'm laid up in bed and I can't work for a week or I can only work for a few hours before my back hurts. And now they're saying, well, you know, how can I get healthy and wealthy? Well, if you don't take care of your health, you're never going to get wealthy if you're having whole, you know, weeks or or days where you're in pain. I I have to throw myself under the bus right now because I I totally did that. I mean, they, they, um, Fred, uh, Len, you guys saw it, what happened. I, Corona hit, I got, I went full virtual, I became a hermit all of a sudden and and everything you just said, I had the, 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 that, that sec, I'm working really hard right now. And that's all that matters. I need to get through this. And, and that's, it's okay if I don't work out. And then of course I wake up one more, I wake up like in the middle of the night and I'm just screaming on the top of my lungs. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so painful. And my right leg completely numb all the way down. And I'm like, what's going on? And my girlfriend's going like, why are you yelling? You know, she's freaked out. And I'm like, I'm like, and <laughs> 
kid you know i i'm i'm yelling at her in the dark grab my leg and pull it out of its socket <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and she's like, I, I, I can't do that. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like yelling bloody murder. And so, and the, but then the next day it was gone. And I continued the same negative behavior of going like, ah, it's fine. It's gone now. I just got to, I just got to focus. I got to focus. And then two months later, three of my discs just bulged right out my back. And, and then yeah, two months of physical therapy. And, and, and I love hearing this because this is something I'm just learning for myself now. And I know so many people need it so desperately. I, 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 I cannot tell you how much I love having Fred in my life as, as, as an example, because he's always healthy. He's always good. I mean, honestly, funny enough, Len and I, we always look at him and like, God, I wish I had his body. I wish I had his energy. And, and I'm looking at you too, Phoebe. And I can see that you guys are have that rapport with each other because you guys have that energy. You guys take care of yourself. And I love it. I want it. How do I start easy? How do I make things easier on myself? Okay, um, can I jump into some answers with that? Please awesome. do. Great, all right. So first of all, I love hearing your story, Chris, and so sorry that you had such pain in your leg. So yeah, so where do you start with all of this, right? Realizing that it is a change that could really benefit you. And yes, you see people who are energized, who are fit and in, you know, the same like trajectory of career as yourself. And so it's seeing, right? It's seeing that that is possible. Where do you start? Well, first of all, I think it really comes down to a little bit of reframing. I think I mentioned this mm -hmm. earlier that a workout or exercise or movement, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour. Or I'm going to do an hour long class, or I'm going to, you know, dedicate this whole section of my day to working out. And that's one thing I work on with clients is breaking it down and starting with consistency, because what's going to be the most beneficial thing to the body is a daily action, or a at least, if not daily, at least a six, six day a week kind of action of movement versus that weekend warrior, or I'm going to do two hours this day and nothing the rest of the week and sit the rest of the week. And so for some of my clients, that's, that's 10 minutes a day. For a lot, we aim for a 20 minute consistent habit building um, kind of time frame, and don't expand that until it is consistent. That 20 minutes can even be broken down into five minute chunks. And I'll have my clients do a lot of functional movement. And so that can look like yoga type postures. As you know, as a, as a yoga teacher, I really love bringing that in. Um, I also really love, it's a branded type of practice called Move Nat, and that talks about how our body has a lot of natural movements that if we continue to do, will be mobile in, in our joints. And there's also a saying in yoga, I just want to bring this in, that we're only as old as our, as our spine is flexible. And so somebody who's more flexible is seen as a very young person, and somebody who's inflexible is seen as a very old person. And so the you know 20 minutes of movement is not meant to be I'm going to get strong or bulky. It's I'm going to maintain my ability to get up if I fall down, or I'm going to maintain my ability to not be injured as a 30-year-old or 4-year-old or 50-year-old, right? So that's the goal with the 20 minutes of movement. So I'll do the yoga type, um, the movement type. There's some really simple exercises. It's usually about seven within that 20 minutes. And then I also like to have them work on resistance bands because they can travel with those. If there's a lot of people who travel, if you travel, the resistance bands usually come in little bags like this and they can be taken mm -hmm. anywhere. And that's a great way to build strength and build muscle and have no excuse because 
there they are, boom, boom. Let's do a couple resistance band exercises. So the movement piece, I would say reframe to start really small and to reframe that it's not about looking a certain way to start. It's about building consistency and it's about creating mobility in the body. And mobility is a combination of strength and range of motion, right? Flexibility is like, wow, yeah, I can throw my leg up here um, if somebody pushes it. But mobility is where you can lift your leg up because your muscles, your joints, everything's working together as a, as a great piece. From the movement piece of things, mm -hmm. um, before I go into, or I'm sorry, for the eating side of things, before I even would go into that, I'd love to hear more about like, what your struggle is because mm. that's so dependent on every person. Thank you. I, I thank you for that. I, I, I love how simple you made it. And honestly, like you hit on it. You're right. It's it's consistency first and then start building up. And um, yeah, I've been totally skipping that stuff. Thank you. Phoebe, I wanted to ask you, do you see a common struggle among entrepreneurs? Is there a, an underlying theme that you constantly see that that people should start being more aware of, more self-aware of at this point? Um, will you reframe that question for me? Sure, sure. When, when, when uh, somebody comes to you, are you seeing it more as, you know, is there issue a mindset issue, a time management issue, lack of inspiration issue? You know, what, what do you see as a, a common issue among a lot of these entrepreneurs that you coach and train that is, is, is affecting them? two things, two okay. things. And I'm saying two things so that I don't forget. I want to talk about two things. <laughs> the first, the first one is, is a mindset issue. And that mm -hmm. is they come in wanting the result and not wanting to live the lifestyle that gets them the result. Mm -hmm. And so there's the, the mindset flip of, Oh, wait a second. What is the lifestyle that those, you know, those people that they see that they think, okay, I know I can do it. I can be that person that I envision in my mind or that I see as examples, you know, what kind of lifestyle are they living? And then are they, are these people also willing to live a similar lifestyle mm. and not focus so much about the results? Cause it's the daily, the small, the daily actions that compound and get to the results. So that mindset, yes, definitely is a big component. The other thing is, is, you know, I hesitate to say a sense of not knowing what to do because I'm going to, you know, fingers crossed. I, I don't like using the word everyone, but everyone knows to eat more vegetables. Everyone knows to drink more water. Everyone knows to exercise more consistently. What I see people not knowing is how to do those things effortlessly. Mm. For example, they'll come in and they'll think, oh, to eat healthy, I'm going to have to cook for an hour and a half, a nice dinner every evening. Truth be told, I maybe cook twice a week and I like cooking, but I don't want my day to be spent cooking. And so I work with clients. We, we use things like the Instant Pot, which will cook quinoa in one minute. <laughs> um, we use things like the freezer and plan ahead and make meals that are ready to go. We use things like the pantry and have staples stocked in it. So within 20 minutes, a healthy meal could be prepared even on a whim. And we use, with the time management, we also talk about meal planning and how through different time management and planning steps, they can know, okay, what I'm going to eat for the week, what I'm going to eat for the next week. And it doesn't have to be rigorous or rigid. 
Um, but that sense of creating kind of that plan, the structure and showing them how easy it can be is sure. really, I think, a turning point for them. I think you mentioned one thing about when you mentioned the Instant Pot, yeah. most people don't realize that when you use a pressure cooker, how quick and easy a person can go ahead and make a meal. Like what I ended up doing uh, yesterday, I ended up, uh, before I went to go work out, I just threw in, uh, browned in my some, uh, some buffalo meat, and then I ended up, uh, grounded that up, and then I ended up throwing in just frozen vegetables that I got from Costco, just put it in two glasses of water, threw in some seasoning, threw in a little bit of green chili in there, lock that thing up, and then within 15 minutes or whatever, 20 minutes, it was done. So you could person could go ahead and do a workout, and when they come back after their workout, they got food already ready for them, and then it, since it's a big pot, you, now you break that up into two, three more meals or four meals. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And there's so many options with making meat dishes that way, with making plant-based dishes that way. So it's, it's a tool that every single person, regardless of the way they want to eat, can use. And because there's extra, yes, there's leftovers for that week. And also there can be portioned off um, containers mm -hmm. to put in the freezer. And so if a person does that every single time, so let's say they use it in the pot in the way you just described, maybe three or four times in a week. And right there, that'd be a lot of leftovers to eat that week. But if they take the portions of that, put them in the freezer, and they maybe eat them in three weeks from now, they probably won't have to cook at all for an entire 10 days because they have those portion out and ready to go. So it can be a huge time saver literally for that day. Go work out, go take a shower, go make your phone calls. It cooks, but also for the future ahead when there's that plan. Right, I've never seen you so passionate about an Instapot before. I mean, you we might have to get one licensed with your name on it. And we go after George Foreman and his grill. The Fred Martinez hey. Instapot. Len, do you have one? I don't have one, but I might have to invest in one. He got me motivated. When you have an Instapot, you will be just as passionate about it. <laughs> Believe one, me. Another cool thing is a thing called a new wave oven. Hmm. So I actually have this little device. It's a convection conduction uh, oven. So you could take stuff from frozen. So I could take some like frozen salmon, seven minutes on each side. So you could take it from frozen to then you can eat it within 14 minutes. So you don't have to yep. bother thawing things out. It is like the best thing possible. And then it, it savors in all the juices. Oh. <laughs> and same with the Instant Pot. You can throw frozen meat right into the Instant Pot. And so really there's no excuse for not being able to eat healthy quickly. Mm -hmm. Now let's, Phoebe, let's stay on this topic of food. What, what else can you share with us that, you know, entrepreneurs should be going into their pantry, removing or adding what, what how else can we, you know, mm -hmm. expand on this? Yeah. Great question. So as far as things to add and things to take away from the pantry, Definitely, I would take out anything that you can't visualize as an actual either living animal or living plant. So mm. if you go into the pantry and there's a bag of M&Ms, I've never seen how an M&M grows, right? I, I can picture <laughs> how a cacao bean grows. So yeah, have some cacao in there. Um, but I would remove anything, obviously, that is processed food, junk food, artificial flavors, artificial colors, all the things that most people realize aren't really good for us. 
And then a huge one that is really tough for a lot of people is sugar. Anything with white mm. sugar, I would take it out. Now, I love removing all of those, I don't want to use the word bad, but all those kind of trigger, not so good for us, not, not nutrient dense foods. I love taking those out. What I find works really well for people is the sense instead of crowding out those foods. So there's less of a sense of deprivation. Some clients take it out, no deprivation, cool, clean slate, let's move forward. Some it's really helpful. And this may be helpful for you if you're listening is to add in the good foods and eat those first. And naturally they'll just crowd out those foods that maybe are the comfort foods or the, you know, treats and um, they'll be crowded out over time. And so some of those things that I would add into the pantry to help crowd those out would be any, what I call staples, like these dry goods that will last a long time and be really nutrient dense. And so that's going to be seeds and grains. And that could be seeds like pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds. That could be nuts, like your walnuts, Brazil nuts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, grains, you know, depending if a person is eating grains or not, that could be quinoa, amaranth, and teff. Those are actually three seeds and those are all really high in protein. Um, if they are eating grains, that could be more like really good quality brown rice, millet, buckwheat, all those things in the Instant Pot cook very, very quickly and they are a whole grain. So they are a healthier form of carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. Then I would also have good sources of protein. Now, somebody is plant-based, that quinoa, teff, and amaranth are going to be some good ones. Um, then also they might have some lentils, which store a long time in different forms of beans. If they are an animal eater, then they could have definitely some dried meats that are in the pantry, but then often it's the freezer where there's going to be stocked fish, stock, stocked buffalo, stocked um, beef, or whatever type of, of animal foods that person likes to eat. And then going back to the pantry, another huge one is having dried fruits as good snacks and also um, vegetables that last a while. So things like your sweet potatoes, which are good mm. forms of carbohydrates, things like your spaghetti squash or your butternut squash, all those things are going to last a really long time. Um, and then the last thing is spices. A lot of people don't think often of spices, but spices can make a food taste sweet. They can make it taste more savory. And so if somebody is, you know, really has no time or they really have a very quick schedule, and let's say they eat chicken and they throw some frozen chicken in the instant pot. It cooks for about 15 minutes. They can take the lid off and let's say one night they add curry seasonings to it. The next night they add more of Thai seasonings to it. Another night they add more kind of Italian seasons, seasonings to it. And granted, eating chicken every single day maybe isn't the best thing nutritionally, um, but you a person can do that and have it taste differently just by having a variety of spices. So spices are something I always recommend clients have, especially if they live with other people because everyone has different taste buds. Oh, I, I love this. I love this. I, oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry, Len. I'm sorry. I, I just like this is really information, and I, I, I love it because I am making those changes in my life right now, and I'm actually the main cook for my family. But I love cooking because my I love cooking healthy meals, and yeah, I got rid of all anything that was manufactured, anything that looked like it had been substantially transformed in some way or form. But so I'm actually having a bit of a, a conflict right now in my family unit, and it's over cereal. I would love some 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 insight on that because I don't understand. Like, is cereal good for you or is it not good for you? And I keep getting mixed 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 um, um, viewpoints on it. 
Okay, before I answer that question, what is the argument that is arguing for cereal as um, far as being a good the, choice? The, the argument is that when it's late at night and I'm hungry and I want something to eat, Captain Captain Crunch is a great, uh, two bowls of Captain Crunch is a great idea right before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Done. so my personal opinion, and I don't know whose side I'm speaking on here, but my personal opinion is, first of all, Oh my gosh, there's so much I want to say about this. First of all, let me focus on cereal. Cereal often is a processed food, right? Mm -hmm. When we think of grains, I'm going to use rice because people are really familiar with rice. When we think of brown rice, right, it's got like the, the white rice center, which is more the, the glucose, that is the sugar center. And then it's got the brown outer hull, which is where most of the nutrients live and where most of the fiber lives. And the fiber and the nutrients are what serve our body. When we process a grain down, we basically are usually always removing the hull, not always, but often removing the hull. And then it's that sugary center that gets turned into whatever food it is, like a bread or a cereal, unless that food specifically says like made from the whole grain. Now, some cereals are gonna be really high in fiber really low in sugar. Hopefully they should have no sugar because unless it's like a natural sugar from the grains, no added sugar. Um, and, and yeah, there's going to be some benefit in that where there's going to be fiber and your carbohydrates. Great. Mm-hmm. When it is a very processed uh, cereal, which I'm going to say in my personal opinion, something like Captain Crunch is, I'm doubtful that it's whole grain. I have not read the label. Don't want to say anything about Captain Crunch here. Um, and I'm also going to make a guess that there's a lot of, of sweetness added to that. To me, that wouldn't be something that serves the body nutritionally. That's my personal opinion. Now, also being said, I'm a really big fan of timed eating. Mm. And that means having a duration of time during the day where the body is not eating. And often for me, what I, I love to see happen is a 12-hour duration of period where the body is not consuming food every single day. Sometimes when people hear that, they're like, oh my God, what? How do I not eat for 12 hours? Well, you're sleeping. Oftentimes you're sleeping for those 12 hours. So let's say you stop eating, uh, you, you finish your dinner by 7 p.m. You don't have your breakfast until 7 a.m. Yes, fluids during that time, great. So cereal right before bed would conflict with that time eat, timed eating. And there are some, you know, a lot of good studies out there that show the benefit of the time eating. And so that would be my other argument for not having Captain Crunch right before bed. Thank you. Thank you. Good thing right there about the time eating. And then also the food is just fuel. And you got to you gotta eat to the activity that you're doing. Uh, when, I went, when I was at the Olympic Training Center, I seen a lot of the athletes, the swimmers, the stuff that they eat, you'll be surprised. They have a lot of stuff that's very good and nutritious, but they also have a lot of cereal. They also have a lot of ice cream. They have gummy bears. They have Oreo cookies. And what they'll end up doing is they'll pile on all this stuff on like their frozen ice cream. They'll add on Oreo cookies and they pile it on big because they need that that energy because the swimmers are swimming like 12 hours a day. Jeez. And so, and then they even did a study on Michael Phelps, the stuff he was eating, like he was eating hamburgers and things like that because he needed that energy. But you also look at it too, is what he was doing. And if an average person continues eating like that, they put on weight 
and you've seen that with a lot of athletes that retire, they look good. And then when they quit their sport, they blow up. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. And I, you know, for myself, I truly believe too that, that yes, it's important to eat for what we're doing. And also for me, a calorie isn't a calorie, right? And so there's tons of ways to get, um, good sugars in the body. There's tons of ways to get tons of fat in the body. And there's tons of ways to get high calorie meals that don't make a person increase to overweight as soon as that exercise stops. So I think, I still think there's a balance that can be found. Now, Phoebe, do you have people eat six meals a day or do you have them eat differently, a different pattern? Great question. So I personally do really love that kind of smaller meals more frequently for a lot of the overstressed individuals that can be a really kind of balancing sense of eating. However, in the coaching that I do, I don't actually say this is the way that you should eat because Mm -hmm. I really believe in bio-individuality. The way I eat is going to be really different than what benefits you, than what benefits Chris, what benefits Mm -hmm. Fred. And so in the beginning stages, I have the clients do actually a lot of self-experimentation where they'll have different breakfasts. For example, they'll have like a high protein breakfast or a high carb breakfast or a high um, fruit breakfast or a raw breakfast, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll track and find out which days they have the highest energy based on that, which days they have the best mental clarity. And we do a lot of different experimentations like that so they can really develop a sense of what their body craves. And some of that will be, do I feel better having, you know, a 12 hour time eating, 11 hour, 13 hour time eating? Do I feel better having six meals a day? Do I feel better having three meals a day? What I find is that most people do feel better having lots of smaller meals. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, a higher protein breakfast is what seems to be what suits a lot of people's bodies, but everyone's different. And so I can't say which way is the best because it depends on each person. No, no, I, I love that. Go ahead, Fred. Uh, Phoebe, you know, you have a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, and I would love for you to go ahead and to, based on your experiences that you've had through your entire life on your journey, that if you can give this wisdom and this knowledge, you know, what would you tell your your younger version of yourself? Uh, what would you say, you know, the, to your 20 with your knowledge that you have acquired through the years? Okay, is that, is that, am I telling my 20 year old self business knowledge or life knowledge or health knowledge or all of it or? All of it, all of it. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) Okay, okay. Ooh, this is such a deep question. What would I tell my 20 year old self about all of it? Okay, with business, it would, it would be, be okay being polarizing and get started. With life, Hmm, that's a tough one. With life, I think it would be something like you're doing good. I mean, honestly, I don't even think I have feedback from my 20 year old self at that point. And as far as health goes, I've always been super, super conscientious about, about the health choices I make. So I think it would be something like, you know, this is, this is actually a good one because this is a little bit of a personal story I can share here. I think what I would tell my 20-year-old self is stop eating the way you think you should eat and start eating the way your body wants to eat. Because right around kind of 18, 19, 20, I actually, um, 
I didn't have any like major health problems, but I was having this kind of little things popping up. And I had been plant-based for 12 years prior and love plant-based diets. Um, I coach clients who are plant-based, coach, coach clients who are meat eaters, love both, benefits to both. Um, and when I turned, let's see, I think I was about 21 at that point, And I switched from going 12 years plant-based to going pretty much paleo. And it was really hard because the whole plant-based thing was like, oh, but I love animals and still love animals. Um, But it wasn't about nutrition and taking care of my body. And so, and I want to say this, you know, to my 20-year-old self and also to other people out there, it's like, eat how your body wants you to eat, not how your brain wants you to eat. And the brain doesn't always want M&Ms. The brain doesn't always want vegetarian. The brain doesn't always want red meat. Right? The body doesn't always want those things. No, that's that's amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to share that with us. But, you know, always great wisdom and insight when you're always looking back at things. <laughs> All everything that we would have, could have, should have done, you know, when we were younger. But hey, we're here now. Everything happens for a reason and makes us stronger, puts us on our pathway in life. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so much. Now, Phoebe, I know you've worked with, you know, a number of clients throughout the years, coaching client, coaching clients, helping them make these transformations. Do you have a success story or a case study that really stands out that, you know, your coaching really made a big impact on that person? Yeah, there's, there's two that immediately, oh geez. Okay. There's a few, but there's two that I'll share. And the first one is early on, maybe about eight years ago, something like that. And that client, without going into too much detail and breaching any confidentiality, that client um, had attempted suicide and was Mm -hmm. really at the bottom of their life, not of their life, but just kind of felt like they were at rock bottom and obviously had a lot of mental health support they also decided to start working on their health, right? Making healthy habits that involved good nutrition and good movement and stress reduction techniques, which I think those three things are really key. And, you know, within this six month timeframe, it, they became an absolutely new person. And I'm not attributing myself to that in any reason because they were going through what they were going through and they were ready to make that change. But it was so powerful to for me to see how simply them feeding themselves well, them taking care of themselves well, them starting to really love how their body looked and to feel grounded mentally, how much that changed their life. And so that was just a really endearing and eye-opening moment. Um, And then another, the second one I wanna share was just recent actually. I had a client in my 12 week program and in in the 12 weeks, I think at this point, what did he say? 29 pounds down. And that's awesome, right? A lot of my clients will lose 15 pounds, 25 pounds. Like that's really common during that program. What really stuck out to me though, when he was sharing his wins, he just graduated a couple weeks ago, was that he went from feeling like an unhealthy person who had these spurts of making healthy choices. Like this weekend, I'll be a healthy person or this day I'll make a healthy choice. He went from feeling like an unhealthy person with those spurts to feeling like a healthy person. Mm. And that was a radical shift for him to suddenly associate himself as a person who makes healthy choices all the time with ease. No, I, I, I love, I love that. I love what you're, you're really 
giving people, that you're giving them a second chance. You're helping them create more accountability for themselves, helping them change their mindset, help aligning their, their, their body, their, their mind, and their spirit all together so that they can live that lifestyle that they, you know, they dream about, but you help them really get closer to reality and making it something that they can continue on doing in their daily life and just kind of incorporate it all together. So that that's absolutely amazing. That's, uh, that's why we loved having you, having you on this show and bring you on to have these, you know, these in-depth conversations and hear about these success stories, how you've changed lives. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And thank you for having me on today. And honestly, you know, a lot of these changes that client makes clients make are client led. And as I know, some of you have been coaches or are coaches. Mm -hmm. It's, we all have the ability to make these changes within us. And sometimes we just need right that guide and that support and someone to help show us uh, direction. And so, yes, I love the work I do. And the most rewarding thing is seeing these clients like realize how capable they are of sure. not just making the changes while they work with me, but also that once they stop working with me, it's not a quick fix, right? They continue mm -hmm. for long-term on a totally new path. And that's just rewarding, really rewarding. Well, yeah, you're teaching them how to fish. Exactly. You know, exactly. you're not just giving it to them. You teach them the tools and the resources and provide them the knowledge that they kind of knew, but didn't know. And then you're really giving them that pathway to succeed, which is absolutely amazing. Fred, did you have a question? You look like you had some. I will, I will wait until the end. Go, go ahead, Fred. I was just going to go ahead and just state the one thing that I've seen with what you're putting out there is there's a lot of people out there that can go ahead and saying, I can help you lose your lose weight. But the one thing that I see that you're putting out there is the mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the motivation that's out there. It's about you're empowering the individuals to make the different choices and small little steps rather than saying crash course, you're going to lose this weight in this amount of time. But what ends up happening is these people are going to go ahead and gain that weight back and it's going to go up and down rather than it saying this is a lifestyle. So you're teaching people how to live a lifestyle and going gradually to achieve that lifestyle. It's not saying like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in 30 days or anything like that. It's about whatever's going to be convenient for you and what's working for you. And you're going to gain that, 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 that whatever you want out of your life and letting them determine that rather than looking at social media to determine what they want to look like. So kudos to you and saying, thank you. Keep on that journey. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, also what I find when we're on that mission, what you just described with that mission, it often ripples out. Um, I had one client just recently who graduated and she had lost, she, her goal wasn't actually weight loss, but she had lost about 10 pounds, loved it. And her, her husband, who wasn't even in the program, who wasn't doing the work she was doing, he lost like 15 just from the changes that she was making. Sure. I have another client who's, he's lost about 20 at this point. He's still a current client. His mother, who is diabetic, has totally rehauled her diet and is in the process of, of dropping weight as well. And when it is not a quick fix, when it's not that yo-yo up and down, people are so excited to share it and it starts to impact their family and their friends. And it, it's a ripple effect and it's a beautiful thing. Love it. Love it. Chris, what? I, I oh, think yeah. you said you're going to say something. 
Yeah, real quick, just a final thought. I just want to say that I, I definitely, you gave me a $1,000 tip by talking to your younger self. And that was eat how your body wants, not how your brain wants. And I just, I just, that's it, you know? That's it. That's that's like a that's that's not that's not thousand dollars. That's like a three hundred thousand dollar tip. Thank Chris, you so that's much. a million dollar tip. What are you talking about? She's throwing gold at you, my friend. You're right. She did. She totally did. You're right. It's gold. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're so welcome. I'm so glad that hit home. So, Phoebe, we're coming to the end of our show here. You've been an awesome guest for us today. How can people reach you to learn more about your programs, about you? so they can take advantage of things. The best way is on my website, which is my name, phoebejenkins.com. And then also I'm on Facebook, really active there, and also on social media, um, Instagram and LinkedIn. And all of those platforms are, again, just my name, Phoebe Jenkins. So yeah, I would love, if anyone has questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any questions. No, we appreciate it. Please reach out to Phoebe if you're looking to reset your life, get on a healthier path. If you're an entrepreneur who is just stressed and fatigued and needs that little extra oomph, little extra energy in their lives, get on a healthy lifestyle journey. Phoebe's a person that will get you there. She's amazing. We've already heard some great case stories, case studies today, some success stories that she shared. She is the individual that you want to get a hold of to make sure that you can change your life starting today. So take advantage of this, take action around this, re-listen to this podcast because like Chris found out, there's gold throughout this show. Gold. So take advantage of those little nuggets. For those who want to also know more about Phoebe, we will have her on our website at theextraordinarybeingmovement.com where you can get more information about her, our shows, and our, all of our other guests. So meet, make sure that you please like, share, and subscribe to The Extraordinary Being Movement on Facebook, on YouTube and all those amazing platforms. And also give us a five-star rating on iTunes because I think we deserve it because we're having fun and you need to have fun in life too because it's all a big game. This is Len DeCarmine, your hosting coach, and I want to thank you for being here. Fred and Chris, another amazing show. So gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Robert, who's in production, who's not on screen, Robert, I'm giving you a shout out because you're always great for helping us out and Phoebe once again thank you thank you for the gifts that you're providing to the world we wish you, you so all much the for having me you're welcome good night everybody <laughs>